This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Welcome to WTS Waikato, Season 2. It's a radio show and podcast about the goings-on in our region under the new normal. I'm producer Gary Farrow. Waitakaruru Arboretum and Sculpture Park is situated near Tofare Village, about 20 minutes out of Kirikiriroa, Hamilton. Flora from around the world is accompanied by stunning art installations, providing a multi-sensory feast. It's a hidden gem of the Waikato. The owners invited me out there to get a taste of the experience. You can visit the Arboretum too with a prior booking via the Waitakaruru Arboretum and Sculpture Park website. Hi Dorothy, how are you? Okay, my name's Dorothy Wakeling and um, John Wakeling and myself started um, the rehabilitation of the former quarry here um, in Scotsman's Valley 31 years ago um, and so we've been planting lots and lots of trees, about 30,000 so far and around oh, 17 years ago we started having sculpture exhibitions in the park and um, that went very well for quite a long time um, but we realised for this place to, to be um, continuing on and, and to be good for the community that we would need to find a long-term solution for it. So um, it's now run by the Art and Nature Arboretum Trust. And um, what sort of artworks um, have you, uh, have you uh, accommodated here over the years? Oh, huge variety, all made in New Zealand. Um, artists from throughout New Zealand, you know, from Invercargill right up to, to Northland. Um, so many different materials, so many different ideas, really. Um, very creative variety. And yeah. now you've established the trust to keep the uh, Waitakaruru Sculpture Park and Arboretum going. Um, it's been a bit of a battle over the last few years, hasn't it, to actually um, get the funds together to keep the operation going. Do you want to talk a bit about that? Oh, that does continue. I mean, ideally, about four years ago, we started the Share the Park campaign. The idea being that we thought that it should be a public park. Um, we, there's no park in this particular um, part of, of the Waikato. And um, this is 17 and a half hectares of something that's pretty spectacular. But um, it seems as though most local authorities do not want to have more parkland. They've got more to look after than they can afford. And so um, it seemed like the next, next best option was to start a um, charitable trust, which um, we started just a couple of months before the pandemic <laughs> and of course um, the main source of um, income 
to keep the park going is the visitors and um, that has had a major effect on what we can potentially do. So uh, what sort of funding have you got and what organisations have you got it from particularly to make it through that difficult, uh, the continuing difficult COVID period uh, where I imagine you will have had um, for at least a while you would have had less people uh, coming here? We did. Um, there were only around 6,000 visitors uh, last year. Um, of course, the lockdowns were intermittent, so there were times when um, people were able to come into the park. Our main problem was regaining a profile so that people knew that it was worth coming. Um, this is a bit of a hidden gem, but most people don't realise until they start to explore the park how worthwhile it is. So yeah, how have we kept going? Well, mainly by a, a lot of voluntary help. Um, and we've also, in this last year, had a good partnership with Mitre 10 Hamilton and Cambridge. And um, so that they've helped support us getting a, a bit more publicity. Um, a lot of hard work, I suppose, and not just maintaining the park, but ensuring that there's a lot of reasons for people to come. Um, we've, our strategy has been to create a lot of different events uh, for people to enjoy the park for different reasons, like our photography competition um, that is in the autumn. Um, and there are uh, the winning photographs of that now up at um, Swallows Gallery in, in Hamilton East. Um, the um, find the roosting ruru, which is what I believe, Gary, you, you saw, was very recent. So for the school holidays, um, children can try to find the 15 little sculptures of ruru that interpreted so differently by every artist. Um, and so there's a weekly prize from now on for that, but that's in support of Wingspan as well which is a great organisation, actually based in Rotorua, which is about birds of prey. So yeah, we've our strategy has been mainly to um, attract people for different reasons, because of the creative play options. I mean, the family that are here right now are um, not just looking for Find the Roosting Ruru, but are making uh, have started to make... Um, rafts to float on the lake. Um, we're into uh, the use of natural materials um, for creative play. Yeah, fantastic. So we're just sitting only just inside the Arboretum at the moment. I've already driven across a like bespoke artistic bridge to get to where we are right now. We're sitting under a Another artistic example of like a pagoda um, here by your your coffee uh, coffee truck, and um, we've got magpies singing in the background, ducks splashing around the water, um, people chatting away, enjoying themselves, um, and this is just on a normal Friday. Uh, it really is a special feeling place, like an amphitheatre, but uh, this is only the entrance. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, yeah. I think that that is one of the issues. We sometimes have people just drive in and out without realising how much more um, is well worthwhile exploring, mm. yes. Mm. It's a, t a two kilometre walk around with um, more than 100 sculptures in the park. 
Right. So, so, and and that's a rotating lineup of sculptures in, in a lot of cases, isn't it? There are new ones that come in and out, um, but there is a part of a permanent collection. Um, there are there have been people in the past who've actually understood what we were trying to achieve um, long term, and um, we've had some fantastic bequests, as an example. Um, there was a person who. Uh, Jelly Sutton, who was based in Taupo, who understood fully what the possibilities of this place would be, and she um, bequeathed 30 sculptures to us. So those are permanently here. Fantastic. Why do you think it's so hard for such an amazing gem, barely 20 minutes out of Hamilton, to be known? Do not know. I would like to understand the mystery of that, Gary. <laughs> I do not know why it has been so difficult to get people to know that this is really worthwhile. Mm. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of um, people in uh, the Waikato and Hamilton and uh, indeed throughout Aotearoa who are interested in, in um, artistic sculptures and... Being in a lovely environment like this, I can hear Piwaka Waka singing away now. Kingfisher off over there. Yeah. There's, this is just a place of life mm. and of beauty. Mm. And there's so uh, there's so many seasonal differences too that make it worthwhile. I mean, we say to people, well, we hope this is not going to be your only visit, and more than likely they realise that it is worth coming back uh, at different times of the year for different reasons. Um, it's a great place for people to gather, together with family or friends. Um, it's because we're centrally located in at the North Island, we get people deciding that they're going to come across from Tauranga or Taupo or down from Auckland and meet up with family and friends here. So, um, and it, it, so there's just so many different layers of interest. Even if people are not the sort of people who'd go into a museum or gallery, as an example, to see art, they find something that might surprise them here that they can talk about. So it's a, a great place for conversations mm. and not just um, e expressing your own creativity, which is a, a, an option as well. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. So what sort of resources do you would you have on hand here to, to, to accommodate more visitors? Given that you receive thousands a year anyway, and obviously that is sustainable, but um, there's a pheasant. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, well, we um, we have quite a, a big area for car parking and buses. Um, we would really hope that we can build it up much beyond the 6,000 we had last year. In the past, we did build it up to around 10,000, but um, we need to go beyond that if we're going to continue to charge so little for people to come in. And that, that is our the trust's intention at the moment, to keep it only $5 for children and 15 for adults, mm. because um, there's a lot of families that find that difficult otherwise. And also to provide for the school groups. Sometimes we get large school groups come in and um, we do charge a little bit more for them because of all the, the resources that we've put together to help teachers um, for the, the time that the children are here. Mm. 
how much does it cost to run this place? Not 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 asking for any specific numbers, but um, uh, there's a lot to maintain around here. A lot of manicured trees and grounds. Um, it's beautiful. Well, we um, particularly when we were doing the. Um well, the Share the Park campaign, we had an independent assessment done by an accountancy firm BDO at the time, and it is hundreds of thousands to make sure that this can keep going long term. Um, obviously, in the meantime, we've relied on a lot of um, volunteers, some of whom who are quite elderly um, and are committed in so many different ways to try to, to help keep it going. But realistically, we've got to be able to employ people for it to continue. And um, so that cost of em employing people, as everybody well knows, adds up to quite a lot. So it's, you know, there's hundreds of thousands involved if it, it really is to be a, a continuous. We've tried to get cleverer ab about what the options are to, to raise better funds, because the entry fees being so low as they are, We've um, designed um, a game and we're getting people booking online for our game and corporate groups um, doing Unconfined, which is a, it's like an escape room game, but outdoors. Um, so we've also got a little shop now uh, available at the entrance. Um, so every sort of stream of income is something we've had to consider. That's really exciting about that, like, outdoors escape room. That sounds perfect for in this weird COVID world. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Compared to being in a confined space where you're all sharing the same air, you know, to be actually out and yeah. experiencing the world and facing puzzles together as well is yes. such a good idea. It is. I, I think um, you know, it's starting to take off because people realise it's well worthwhile. There's a family version of it and there's a corporate version. So um, both of which take at least two hours and it means that people have got to really think broadly about the possibilities to solve um, solve the ways of being able to open some lock boxes and um, return to um, put the contents together. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So what sort of events have you got coming up in the, in the next while? Well, for school holidays, um, the um, Find the Roosting Ruru and Project Ruru continues. Um, we certainly want to encourage um, the schools to take advantage of the 20 um, nest boxes that we've got um, um, ready for them to, to utilise in forested areas. Some of them have been decorated by children already, mainly getting across the, um, the type of food that Ruru need um, to find at night. Of course, they're nocturnal birds and they're really, really good at hunting. But they um, look for those moths, you know, those beautiful Peruri moths, the um, mice. Uh, they're very, very quick at, at being able to do that. So our next phase with uh, Project Ruru is to um, enable schools and other organisations to have a nesting box um, and for people to learn more about Ruru. So ongoing 
uh, project Ruru is important for the remainder of this month. In August, um, people will just continue to come in. I mean, the daffodils are flowering and uh, many other plants. It's usually the season when magnolias start popping out and there's always something in flower here and a good reason to, to have a, a walk around and join up with friends and family. After that, um, of course, the um, cherries start to bloom and um, the cherry festivals in the Waikato are quite important. So we are one of the destinations for that. Oh, excellent. That's good to know. Yeah, mm. people always like having a walk through through a cherry festival uh, mm. and at an affordable price. Yes. Rather than, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Mm. Mm. Um, we, uh, apart from offering a wonderful spring location for a good walk, um, we don't go out of our way um, in, at the Cherry Festival time to do anything other than offer the opportunity to enjoy the park and the sculptures within it. Mm. Yeah, and you'd get some people coming along then? Oh, heaps, um, yeah. I hope. Um, yeah. I hope that's going to yeah. <laughs> increase um, now that people are feeling a bit freer to move around. Mm. Yes. Mm. Fantastic. Awesome. Well, do you have anything else you'd like to add for the moment or should we um, have, a, have a look around? Well, um, I'm just thinking we could look in the immediate vicinity, Gary. Mm -hmm. and there is one of the, the Ruru here, um, quite close by. Oh, yes, I see him over there on his pedestal. Yes. <laughs> very, very pretty. Well, of the 15 Ruru that the um, families are looking out for, um, we've fairly deliberately not hidden them a lot. Um, we want people to be successful in finding as many as possible and enjoying them. But um, yeah, the one that you can see here is um, a mosaic and um, it's fairly visible, isn't it? Mm, yeah. <laughs> and very clever. Um, but uh, there are others in the park of the 15 that are made of different materials. We've got glass and metal and uh, ceramic pieces and every one of them is a completely different interpretation. And that's excellent and yeah. it's, a, it's a great start to get off to um, here at the, um, at the picnic area mm. and I mean 15 uh, ruru to find, uh, ru ruru sculptures around the Arboretum um, that uh, is enough to keep somebody involved for quite a while, isn't it? Yes, well, it's one thing that they can do, but they can do many other things here, and it's another reason to return. Mm -hmm. And now I can um, see here uh, that there is a real Ruru here as well, who was released by Wingspan, would that have been? No, no, um, it was Judy Fentress, who's um, a person who's registered with the Department of Conservation to look after injured native birds. And so um, Morley uh, was the person, was the one that was released on Sunday afternoon. I like that, Morley the more pork That's slash right. Ruru. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we, um, we knew that he was quite ready to, to be released, but we've always had Ruru here. Well, mm. ever since we've grown the, the trees that we have. Mm. Um, so oftentimes in the summer, people do actually see them roosting on branches up in the trees, because of course they, they sleep during the day. And um, sometimes there's 
been as many as three in a little row. Oh, cute. Probably a part of a family. Yeah. 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 It's really cute. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's no surprise you have them here because this is, this is basically a forest. Yes. This well, is its yeah. own forest. Thirty-one years later. Yes. <laughs> in very poor growing conditions that were left by the quarry. We. Um, have now quite a lot of growth and obviously in the early days we had a lot of failures with trying to to plant in, in the conditions because the, um, the the quarry company had stripped away quite a lot of the topsoil. Mm. You have an absolute menagerie of, uh, of plants from around the world here don't you? Indeed there's many red trees here as well but um, when we we, we plant, replanted an area that was initially planted in um, pines, uh, now about two years ago, we started the replanting of that, um, and we planted. We wanted to extend the Asian section of plants because we planted geographically as much as we could, and Asia, uh, you know, China, Korea, India, Vietnam have had such a wide variety of plants um, and so there were more than 90 species of plants planted in that area and that consists of about um, 3,000 more trees and of course some of them are quite small now but um, come spring I think some of the flowering trees will show up quite well um, so that yeah that that was an interesting exercise in, in extending the Asian area of planting. Of course in the early in the upper part of the the Asian area um, there's quite mature trees that we planted more than 30 years ago of um, Asian origin. And then on the other side of that hill um, we planted 2,400 more New Zealand natives. We've planted lots of New Zealand natives over the years as well which is quite fashionable now, isn't it? Um, and important for biodiversity, but most people should know that uh, many New Zealand native um, birds and insects utilize all trees. There's, there, there's you know, the berries, I mean, we see kereru now um, feeding on berries from and fruit of, of other than natives. So um, yeah, we're, we're very pleased that um, we're interested in global biodiversity. Mm, mm, definitely. It's a very special place. You would have species here, which species of plants, which there aren't many other examples of in New Zealand, if any. Indeed, yes, yeah. Um, obviously, it's very difficult nowadays for people to import plants into New Zealand, but there have been people... Um, in the um, dendrological world of um, uh, and arboriculture who have tried very hard to, to keep um, some of the rarer species alive and propagate them. So, you know, we've been very lucky to have access to some of those sources. There is one other thing. Um, this is a permanent forest sink. It's protected for the next 50 years. And that is part of the emissions trading scheme in New Zealand, which of course is under some change at the moment. Um, you've probably heard of some of the controversy about only planting pines and getting carbon credits for pines. Um, we have planted a much diverse range of plants and um, the, the Trust ultimately will get some 
help from the um, the carbon credits uh, and the sale of those to try to, to keep the park going. But um, I think it's important for everybody to consider planting trees where they can, of any sort, not just natives. Mm. Thanks very much, Dorothy. You're welcome. Right. Well, would you like me to take you up to places in the car? Would that work? That would be lovely, thanks. Okay. Yeah, that's a good idea, instead of hiking two kilometres. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> left Gary there's one of the delightful little rurus. You see just there? Oh yep I can yeah. Oh that's adorable. Isn't it? Yeah that's yeah. Uh, Destiny Hull's work. Uh, mm -hmm. She's a Taranaki based artist. Mm -hmm. few more trees to, to plant and to plant in the Asian section so that was our mm -hmm. nursery there for that. There's another one of the, the little rurus there. Oh yes. <laughs> and that one's also got an environmental message. There were some nice little videos that we had of the artists talking about their work. Up there is the griffin which you can see Oh yes. It's quite spectacular. Now it's mm -hmm. one of the pieces that we inherited from Jilly Sutton who was a supporter of the, the park and understood. Oh wow. Well, isn't that it? That is a really striking piece of work. Now that's made by Nathan Hull who's mm -hmm. a um, Taranaki based artist. Mm -hmm. Oh you can see another Ruru one just there, the tree. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's a real adventure to be had looking for the roosting ruru. That one is uh, done by Joe Richards, who's mm -hmm. a, a Waikato artist. Mm -hmm. Even better. <laughs> so now you can see some of the lock boxes that are part of the game that mm -hmm. we have devised. There's mm -hmm. four lock boxes that are part of a game that is very suitable for either for families mm -hmm. or a slightly different version for um, corporates. Now there's a lovely marble piece there. Yes. One and of course one of our prized sculptures up there is the um, the glass one by Dai Toka. Oh yes. Stick to your knitting. That looks amazing. It looks like a spider web with dew on it. Yeah. You know, like just shimmering, beautiful. That's hanging from um, a tree that we grew from seed. Wow, gosh. Yeah. How high must that be now? A hundred feet? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not very good at estimating that sort of thing. <laughs> I don't know. And then we've got uh, a small forest of cacti underneath it. Yeah, that's the um, what we call the rock garden. Mm hmm. Mm. But Wonderful. yeah, that, that glistens in the, that, that glass piece glistens in the sun very mm -hmm. well and um, it withstands a lot of wind which is amazing I think it's because it's so open it um, yeah the wind just blows through it and it's mm. it's been very safe up there for quite a long time wow, now amazing again sort of like a spider web how they work 
thank you for listening to this episode of WTS Waikatoa. If you liked what you heard, you can follow the show on Facebook and find it wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks to Free FM, the Community Access Media Alliance and New Zealand On Air for making this show happen. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com/freefm89 to find out more.